Welcome to the show. Howard Kremer is on tonight or today. Uh, I have, for the whole time I've known him, I've called him Howard Kramer, and then he said his own name, and it's Kremer. Hmm. That alone was where it made the whole thing worth it, right? Just to find out you've been uh, mispronouncing your friend's name. Anyway, he's a hilarious dude. He's got four podcasts of his own that we're going to talk about. He's got this cool uh, comedy show in L.A. that we're going to talk about. And uh, that's all I'm going to tell you as far as what we're going to talk about. So we'll be right back with Howard Kramer. What's going on, Howard? That's my opening line there. Oh, hey, Todd. (laughs) Let's look at your kitchen. Yeah. What do you think? I think it's good, man. Like you, you see these people, these reporters in their kitchens on TV, and they're always pretty neat. Yours is like ready to, you're ready to work for CNN. I am, except I don't have a adorable little toddler that will run in with a bunch of needs. <laughs> I did see that one. That was pretty good. Yeah. What, what, uh, what have you been doing, man? You know, same as everybody, podcasting. <laughs> Boy, I miss my rooms though, Todd. I'll tell you that. Your rooms? Miss, which rooms? Are you, which yeah, I miss rooms? all my rooms around the country, man. <laughs> oh, you mean all your my, road rooms? Yeah, my road rooms, my comedy rooms. <laughs> you did your, are you still doing your outdoor comedy thing? Uh, we stopped doing that in March. And uh, I think we'll probably be the first L.A. comedy show to come back, but we have not come back yet. If I recall, it's... You just meet somewhere in an outdoor location. Why don't you tell? Why don't you tell the people at home what's going on? Oh yeah, well it did start that way where we we just used to meet at an outdoor location. I guess we still do that, but the idea now is that we walk around. So it's become <laughs> a comedy crawl. So we meet and then we walk a few blocks and then we stop and a couple guys go up and do sets. <laughs> and that's we, great, man. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. What's the biggest name you've had on that? Uh, biggest name. Uh, well, Josh Groban actually came to watch. Really? Yeah, he stayed for the whole two hours. He went with us to every location. Uh, we've had your buddy Lewis Katz out of New York City. Holy shit. I would do this show. I would love to have you. What um, do people pay to get in, so to speak? Uh, no, there's no pay, but, uh, you know... It's a very uh, tight-knit crowd. There's a lot of regulars. They'd love to see you there. And it's just a lot of fun. We, we, did, we did it for about six months down at Echo Park Lake. So we would meet at that little boathouse right there. Do you know Echo Park I don't know Lake? Where that, I, don't, I don't know if I've been Echo Park Lake. That's the one with the big fountain shooting out of the middle. And there's uh, pedal boats and stuff. It's down in Echo Park. Okay. So how, did, how does the anyway, work get a, out? Yeah, it's a great place to do a comedy show. There's ducks that come through. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Thank you for uh, uh, helping me promote that. Uh, anytime I can help you promote a show that's not happening anymore. Yeah, it's got heat now. Thank you. We are trying well, to it, sell it. So unless people, you know, 
it's not just a show in an alleyway. It's it's also trying to sell it. Yeah, man. I like. Uh, I'm one of those. Like, I try to be out of the spotlight. You know. Right, right. You're like a disembodied voice. It's nice. <laughs> where uh, where do you live in LA, there, man? Oh, um, I am by the old Meltdown, uh, where Meltdown was. Is that like on Sunset? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a couple blocks up from that Sunset. The Guitar Center is still there. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's landmarks. But that's the reason that the uh, show started, the one we just talked about, because I live two blocks from Meltdown. So when it closed, I just started doing a show on the parking lot so that we could <laughs> still keep doing a show there. You know, do you know Brendan Burns, the yeah. British or I think he's British comp or Australian? Yeah. He he did a show in an alley during the Melbourne Comedy Festival. He would do his regular hour show inside. Then he would host a show in an alley. And I did it once and a rat walked by. Oh, rat, really? Rat is great. It's kind of like wow. it's, it's a good story. It gives you stuff to talk about. Right. We haven't had a lot of that, but we've we've had a lot of homeless people get involved. I've given <laughs> homeless people sets. Um, it, there's always something going on. So if you have a show in LA, or how are you? How do people find you? Like de- comics who are just desperate to get oh to get stage, stage time? You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like even for that, which uh, has been in an alley, it's been in a park, it's been in a parking lot. Even for that, there's quite a few dms from people i don't know and everybody wants a piece of it they want in on that yeah so it's just a, it's just a free form thing where people are like if you show up you're in you're not i'm not talking about performers but audience yeah pretty much it, it's like it, you can even meet us halfway through there's been a lot of times where people just join in that will happen to be walking by We've even had comics that just happen to be walking by that have gone up. <laughs> maybe they, uh, maybe they don't want to see. They're like those people who don't watch an opening act. They're like, oh, let's walk. we'll join the walking tour an hour in. Yeah, wait till they when get they, started. When but, the headliners uh, start showing. Uh, you were going to be at Moon Tower this, this, a few months ago, right? I, I'm supposed to be there in September. Oh, so they moved it. Yeah. Okay. So. I was supposed to do this at the Moon Tower. So we were going to try to get you to do it back in uh, April or May, whenever that was. And uh, if they tell me about the one in September, I'll try to get you on that one. Oh, really? They didn't bring you? Well, that's weird. I'm I'm sure they'll tell me about it. I mean, I was was not a priority booking. You know, they were (laughs) looking for, like, fun extra stuff to do, you know. It lends itself to a festival because... I think it's great for festivals. Yeah, it features the town that's hosting the festival, so it's good. And then you get to see, like, new parks to perform in? Yeah. Man, you could... I think... Oh, so you're saying this is going to be a TV show? Well, I mean, we could pitch it. We are pitching it. Um, we haven't yet because of COVID, but... it was, I mean, there's people that want to hear it. That's. I think it's a great idea for, for uh, just presenting stand-ups in a way that they... It adds a little yeah. layer, a couple of layers to it. It know? adds a layer. And then also, you know, we've been doing it for two years, but the world kind of pivoted to us with this outdoor comedy thing, people not wanting to go into clubs. So right. it's like it, it got a little more relevant because of because of COVID. So God bless COVID. <laughs> it's the upside to COVID is anyone who had a, an outdoor comedy thing going. Yeah. It's helped, they never... It's, <laughs> They don't talk about that on the news, do they? The upside. No, no I mean, look, the- like Chappelle did that special. 
Like the people that rented that venue to him, they made they made a little bit of COVID money, COVID cash. That's true. I think that, that might have been his own house, though, that he did it. Oh, that was his house? Could have been his farm, I think. Oh, good point. Have you done yeah, any sets cool. since this all started? Well, I shut. I had to shut my orchard down. So, uh, actually, since I started, no. But do you mean like the internet sets, like uh, those type of sets, or outdoor sets? Yeah. Oh uh, no, we haven't done anything. No. What about Zoom sets? I haven't done any of those. I got a couple invites, but I was a little wary of it. Yeah, I haven't done a. Set. I've done a couple of crowd work things and some interviews, but I haven't. Uh, I just think I'd be too self conscious to just start. Yeah. Doing my doing my act in my kitchen, right? And then uh, yeah, there's it's it's tough. It's like you're feeling dicey about it anyway, you know. Then why confirm that? Oh, it's like <laughs> I'm rusty. <laughs> I'm worried though. Aren't you worried though? Like when it comes back, that way you're going to really be rusty. Yeah, but I think that uh, everybody's starting in the same spot. You know, you're not going to be following guys that have been going up every night for the last three months. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Do you think uh, do you think we're going to lose any comics? I mean, not only death, but do you think people are going to be just like, yeah, I'm, I, I guess I'm all right not doing comedy, even though it started up again. Oh, well, I bet because um, like I think the flying will be uh, like a lot of people are just not going to want to get on a plane. So maybe if you were on the fence about being a stand up, you go, you know what? This is even worse than starting right after the boom ended. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm starting right when flying could kill you. I'm kind of excited about like it's starting up again, and then there's those clubs who are like, "Why don't I get more spots there?" You just like forget <laughs> about everything you just went through. <laughs> right. Fuck, fuck did I get more spots, man? It's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I need to work on my chops. Where's so you? Uh, what else? What, so you have two podcasts. You have Who Charted, which I've done I a couple a, of times. Yep, Who Charted over on Stitcher. And then uh, I've got a musical podcast uh, or two on Patreon uh, where we like I take old music and we do new episodes about old music. What does that mean? Like I know a lot of old music that like a lot of people don't know or at least the listeners don't know. So we'll do like a new episode, but it'll be about old Dolly Parton songs or something like that. But we, I'll give you a better example. This <laughs> I'm, past, I'm just listening. Okay. This past week, we did a show about the night that Jaws was released. Okay. okay. June 25th, 1975. And then we went into the musical landscape because the show's about music. So we went all into the musical landscape of that night. <laughs> so what was music night the day Jaws was released? Yeah. June wow. 25th, 1975. Let me tell you this. Todd, you're from New York, aren't you? I am. I was born in the Bronx. Look at Okay. This isn't the Bronx, but Lower East Side. That's okay? where I, I kind of live near there now. Okay. How about this? Lower East Side, June yeah. 25th, 1975. Yeah. A bunch of hopefuls carry their guitars to the first time for, <laughs> to CBGB's. Do you live near CBGB's? Uh, yeah, CBGB's just, yeah, very close to where. It's a John Faritos, uh clothing store now, if I'm saying that name right. Probably not. 
Oh, is that where you get your fitted button down so that I see you wear so well on stage? I got a I got a seven thousand dollar leather jacket there. That's really nice. Wow. No, it's not how really nice. The, how about those two pot holders back there? Did, are those Bravados? <laughs> <laughs> this is not. We don't. I don't air the. I don't. I only air the audio, so no one knows what you're talking about. But oh, okay. Well. Todd has two beautifully symmetrical potholders hanging, I'd say, that's like six inches from the ceiling. Why do you got them up so high? Can I tell you about I'm glad you asked about that. Um, yeah. That is actually a paper towel rack that I... Oh, my go cat, that way again. Because my cat, my cat would attack my paper towel, so oh. I got this rack. But then I found this other rack that I actually... This magnetic rack that's on my refrigerator where if I put it in the right place, she won't attack it. So I was like, I got this X, now I have two paper towel racks. Then I bought okay. these oven mitts because I thought, oh, if I'm going to get into the cooking world, I need oven mitts. So I got like stupidly big, like like a guy who owns a brownie business would get or something. <laughs> like these, they're like, these are the, take a the most. A guy in a sketch mo- about a brownie business. <laughs> <laughs> like, like if you own a brick oven pizza place, you would not use these. So then I was like, where can, oh, where can I put these things? And then I was like, oh, finally. So now I, it's a little pop of color. It does. It, it adds a nice pop. It's centered, too. <laughs> yeah. What, I, knew uh, that cat, I knew that cat would change your life in great ways. Do you have a cat? Um, I'd love to get one, but let me just finish hey, telling you Yeah, I wanted you to finish. Yeah, yeah, I wanted sorry. to do your pet. <laughs> I digress. Sorry. Okay. June 25th, 1975. Young Hopefuls, walking to CBGB's for the first time. What band is that, Todd? Blondie. Close. The Ramones. Close. Television. Head up north to New England to art school. Oh, Talking Heads. Yeah. How about that? That's cool. So that that's the day that they debuted? First gig at CBGB's. So it's possible, Todd. You and your parents could have caught the 745 of Jaws, <laughs> then taking a subway downtown. What's going on at CBGB's? Walk in and see the debut of the Talking Heads. So what you're saying is you tie in the exact eight. How did you make this connection to do this? It's such an odd. Well, Jaws uh, is my favorite movie. So I thought, ooh, what, what was it like back then? Let's you know, it's out. interesting. I, uh, I just saw Jaws for the first time during this pandemic. I'd never First seen it. First time ever. I'd never seen it. I was like, oh, I got to wait wow. till it, they re-release it in the theater. Like, I just never got around to it. And when you were a kid, you didn't go to see it? No, nah, I mean, it's no, nah, I don't know why I didn't see it. And then I was like, fuck it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a night of it. I'm going to watch Jaws. It was different than I thought it would be. What did you think it was going to be? It was actually more subtle in a way. Yeah, like, it's a lot more human and character driven, right? Like just so much of it was on the boat. Yeah. Well, you probably were just thinking it's a big dumb shark movie and it's like Godzilla or something, but it's very, very human. There's no, uh, there's no fiction in there except for, well, some of the shark's behavior is not realistic, but there's no fake monster. You know what I mean? It's, it's, right. a real, it's real human drama. And there's a lot of parallels now with uh, closing up beaches and stuff. And Yeah, like that mayor who wouldn't close the beaches. Yeah. He's a hero of the Have a Summer movement because he sticks to Have a Summer. Let's get into the summer. You're hitting all the bullet points for me. Thank you. (laughs) No one ever interviews me. I'm always interviewing everybody else. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm I'm also the worst interviewer, so it works out. 
No, it's um, okay. Let's talk about the Have a Summer movement. Unless you want to talk more about your musical. So what other movies have you done this for? Um, I haven't done that for a ton of movies, but there's just different weird ideas we have. Like, you know that band Thin Lizzy? Yeah. They have a lot of real over-the-top, epic, spinal-top sounding stuff. So one week we'll just do Thin Lizzy, the medieval-sounding shit. You know, we'll, we'll just find weird angles on songs. What's the name of this podcast? Preem Stream on Patreon. <laughs> Preem? Preem Stream, like, <laughs> uh, you know, premium stream. Okay. Yeah. But I got that one. Then I got another one called Grift Horse. That's with Megan Beth Keister. You know her, right? Yeah, I know her a little bit. Yeah. Um, and that we talk about grifts and like flim flam and making money oh. off the grid and all that kind of stuff. I love grifts. I love. Do you watch American Greed? Do you ever watch American Greed? I have seen it, but we we don't do like the big, super high money grifts. We do the stuff that you could actually do, like grifting Amazon. Or, uh, you know, making money on eBay, those kind of things. Oh, my God. That sounds great. Yeah, it's, That's a lot of, it's good. I know. Are you you're on TikTok now, aren't you? I've heard. Yeah. Someone told me you're on TikTok. I think, well, think Natasha Leggero maybe told me. Yeah. I don't have a lot of posts on TikTok, but what she's probably referring to is that I'm on. I watch it a lot. I do, too. They're, I did, at first, I was, like, not into it. Then I decided to die back in. I was like, oh, shit, now I'm spending half hour. Yeah, I think it's it's one of the most entertaining platforms ever. Like, it's, if you're on there for a half hour, you'll probably be entertained 29 minutes of that half hour. What, is, like, what are your favorite uh, sort of types of video they have there? They have a lot of, they have a lot of racist women in, in Walmart videos. Yeah, a lot of Karen, racist <laughs> Karen. Like, in fact, since the protest started... They, it really, my feed got taken over with just yeah. a lot of like people at protests filming themselves, <laughs> then looters filming themselves. And it just really like brought it all home in a way that the news was not doing at all. You know, I know it's kind of it is kind of uh, it's weird how intense it is, because one person will say, here's how you make a great grilled cheese. And then uh -huh. there's another guy who's like on fire or something. Yeah. Smashing something or. Yeah, you go. It's like David Lynch, the to the switching of tones. But um, I I see a lot of that, and then of course you know girls twerking. That winds up on my algorithm. What about like uh, and um, animals? Yeah, I got a lot of I got a cat ones. I got a lot of f cooking ones. And cooking, yeah. But a lot of the cooking ones are just like all the chefs are fucking hyped for some reason. Like they're like, mm -hmm. <laughs> here's how to chop an onion. I'm like, all right, man, let's just chop the onion, man. Yeah, but, they're trying to fit, make, turn it into a story when it's like 20 seconds long. But I do see uh, grifts on there. Like, I see a lot of, like, people like, here's what you do. You go to an ATM, punch in 5534443, yeah. and, like, $100 comes out. I was like, I can't believe that's working. We followed some of those up, and mostly it was candy machines. They go, you walk up to a candy machine, you hit <laughs> AB772, and then, and none of them worked. But there are there are there are people on there who give useful information about certain things. Like what? Like there's people who just go to thrift stores and buy books and flip them on eBay. I know. Yeah, and there's these there's these little like uh, 
It's almost like a tricorder from Star Trek or something. They have these little devices that'll just read the uh, UPC symbols on books and just immediately tell you what they're selling for. So there's there's like cool little gadgets and stuff that people can recommend if you're into that type of stuff. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of those people where I'm not where they're just like go to this website, make this T-shirt with this other website, mm-hmm. move over to this third website, yeah, put this paste this link in, and then those they show you like a dollar yeah. amount. Here's an I made sixty five hundred dollars. Yeah. Most of those guys are full of it because me and Megan were watching those and there's always a detail they leave out that'll cost you (laughs) the whole deal. You know, like they'll tell you to flip stuff on eBay, but then they won't tell you that if it costs more, if it's uh, if it weighs a couple pounds, it's going to cost you $15 to ship. They're telling you to like buy cereal boxes at the supermarket and then flip them for $3 more than you bought them. (laughs) And the shipping will kill you. So who wants to go to the post office or the UPS store in this with all this shit going on? True. But Megan has a scale and a printer, so it all just gets, she doesn't have to go to the post office. (laughs) So have you done any of these? Like, Yeah. Yeah, we're making like I'm making hundreds, hundreds, I won't say thousands a month, but I'm making hundreds a month just from what I learned from being on the show. What's like your latest uh, grift, if I may? Um, uh, well, flipping stuff on eBay is mostly what I know how to do, but then uh, I'm growing weed now. You're growing weed? Is that legal? It's legal out here. Okay. For $50, you can get a plant that'll yield like $2,000 worth of weed. Then who do you sell it to, your friends? Yeah, or I smoke it, or I uh, <laughs> I trade it for favors. I don't know. Do you it's get paid something. to smoke it? You get paid to smoke it? That's <laughs> Well, by by the people that I would have bought it from. Um, what's the name of the grifting podcast? Oh, that's called Grift Horse. Grift Horse? That's good. I like yeah. that. Yeah. And we and just did our... Pay- that's on um, SoundCloud... And then there's a uh, extras are on Patreon, but you can find that for free on SoundCloud. We just did our fiftieth five oh fiftieth episode. What's a good entry uh, level episode of that to start with? What's a good uh, What's a good first episode for people to watch of that? Listen to. Oh, uh, uh, tough to say. Uh, jump in anywhere. You're going to learn a lot. We we'll tell you about uh, websites you can go to just to sign up for random class action lawsuits, uh, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Occasionally, I've gotten those before where you just get this little card in the mail with a lot of text on it. It's like, were you with Sprint between 1981 and 1995? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we're selling like, them for $80 million. Like, okay. Yeah. Opt That's like in. residuals. It's like residuals, man. That's mailbox money. And uh, we'll make that for people. If you're not in showbiz, but you always wonder what it was like to get those residuals, we can do that for you over on Grift Horse, <laughs> over on SoundCloud. Do you uh, get your residuals direct deposited? Uh, I don't do that. I, I'm like, I'm from the old school. I, I want to see it come through my hands. I used to you? like, I was, I used to always get the checks and then I'd be like, it's nice to see a check, but I'd be like, oh, I sort of have to log this into my little computer thing. I wish they, why don't they just direct deposit these then? They started doing them. Now I'm like, I kind of miss the check. 
kind of yeah, kind of feel the money a little more. Yeah, it's like the difference between MP3s and an album. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's good to know because I, I was always thinking that I was a Luddite because I was still lugging the checks down to the bank. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I am direct deposit. I've, I've adapted. But uh, do you know, yeah. you will, you, will you cash any? I used to deposit every single one of them. If they were for a penny, I would fucking deposit them. Um, I, it, it depends. I, I got to be honest. It depends. Sometimes, if it's three cents and I know that the ATM is going to spit it back out and it's going <laughs> to be a pain in the ass, then I don't do it. <laughs> Yours are heavy, though. I bet your residuals are heavy. Mine, yeah. I have, to, I, have a, I have to have a, what do you call that? Truck thing. What eat that wheelie thing? Whatever oh, yeah, they. The, uh, yeah, the uh, dolly. Dolly. I need a dolly too for yeah. my residual checks. Um, how, so, how many days a week are you podcasting? I guess it's four because I do. I'm doing four of them. But um, did I miss the fourth one? I feel like we've talked about three. Oh, of them. the fourth is uh, wait. Who charted? Preemstream, Grift Horse. Oh, hey gang! Sorry, there's what one I just there's one I just do by myself where I just talk about what's going on, you know. <laughs> That's on Patreon as well. And these, you still going to the studio to do these? This is the studio right here. But most of them are on Zoom now. Like the ones I did at Earwolf and Stitcher, like those are on Zoom. So we just do those. Life's gotten easier in a in a little in a couple of ways, you know. Yeah. You used to have to sit in traffic to go do these podcasts. I know. I wonder, like, how many people are going to realize that their jobs—they don't need to be in LA to do their jobs. Yeah. Like, if I you're a booking a agent or something, you could live in Idaho and do that fucking job. Yeah. And then also, like, uh, so many more comics and comedic people are doing going to be doing podcasts. So it cuts it cuts management out of all that money <laughs> you know yeah unless they dip into it but are you uh, it up. have you ever toured with any of these podcasts um i've done uh like not full tours but gigs here and there kind of a thing you gotta become an empire some of these podcasts i know there's no touring right now but when yeah i know I, I, it's I think, amazing what some of them do. I think the Grifter one is the one you should tour. Although, who charted is probably good. But, all, well, yeah, who charted? Who charted's been around so long, though? Grift Horse is a little more fresh and a little more relevant because so many people are struggling, you know? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to Grift Horse. Thank you. Yeah, you'll like it. We get uh, into musical debates in there, too. Like, it, she, she, she comes after bands like that most people wouldn't don't even wouldn't come after. Like who? Beatles? She's come after the Beatles a little bit. <laughs> she you know, her her weird take on the Beatles is that Paul's the only one that was worth a damn. I think he's my favorite also, honestly. He's my favorite, but I've never heard anyone say that John was useless and that the <laughs> other you know, that's weird. I've just never. My thing about the Beatles, like I, I don't think I've ever listened to a Beatles album. What do you listen to? The greatest hits or the singles? I mean, they're just the ones that are thrown at me. But yeah. I've never said I'm going to fucking pop a Beatles. Maybe once. I think I own one. I think I own Revolver. 
that's funny that you said that because I, for the first time a couple of weeks ago, was just like, I never heard Revolver. Let me see what, <laughs> and that's like, I came into them through those blue and red greatest hits albums. So I don't know a lot about their albums except for the white album. Yeah, everyone knows that one. But uh, I did like the Sgt. Pepper's movie with, with Peter Frampton and oh my God. whoever else did, was in that. Did you see that when it was in the theaters? Yeah, I saw it. I mean, I'm sure I wouldn't love it now, but I, uh, yeah. I remember that loving it. It had Elton John's version of uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Yeah. Do you, uh, were you going to a lot of concerts before this all happened? Do you go to see live? Um, not really, no. I was... Um, I slowed down going to live shows. Me and Natasha went to see Bad Baby. You know who that is? No. The Cash Me Outside girl from Dr. Phil. Cash Me Outside. I don't know who that is. Danielle Brigoli, Bad Baby. We we went to see her at the Roxy. How's that? Was that? Fun. That was fun. A lot of we were the, we we were the only people there our age that didn't have kids there. <laughs> Are you, have you been going? Were you going to see a lot of groups? I don't. I haven't been to a lot of. I'm trying to think. The last person I saw. I usually I go. Can, let me guess. Uh, Yo La Tango. Well, I did a show with them. That was one of the last shows I've seen. Yeah, I Boom. did one of. Yeah, I tend to go to see shows where I could get on the guest list and have a yeah. sit in the VIP section. There you go. Get treated a little better than the average fan. I got some custom earplugs. You ever get those? Hey, remember when we were at Sasquatch? And oh, I was getting, yeah, you're right. That's true. That wasn't that same. It wasn't that same company, was it? No, it was a different. I don't know, but this was this was a few years ago. I did a festival in Washington. I remember now. You got those. And no, uh, but we were in Washington at Sasquatch. Yeah, we were at Sasquatch. Yeah. yeah, it could have oh, been the same. It could have been like a chat, like a musician's charity kind of thing. Okay. Well, but, but yeah. I never wound up getting them. Oh, yeah. That took a while. I actually did follow-up. I felt guilty because I was like, these are free, but like, where are they? But they work great? They work pretty good. They just bring, I mean, they're a little cumbersome in the ears, but they bring everything down and, they, and they're, you don't feel like you're, someone's got your hands over your ears, kind of. It's not like foam right. earplugs. Right. But, I but it wear saves those you, a lot. Yeah. It saves you a lot of agony, for me, anyway. And you can uh, actually this, hear, hear the music better without the... Uh, like the tinny ringing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I like it. What, uh, what, uh, I, I wear earplugs like the foam ones you're talking about. I wear yeah. those to go about my daily business because LA is like loud. There's a lot of traffic and motorcycles. Right. But, um, I've had a lot of things break and I've lost a lot of shit because I can't hear it when it hits the ground. <laughs> Those I need to find out what brand of earplugs you use, and those are good. Those are the those like industrial ones, like the. <laughs> I mean, I've got like a bag of like five hundred of them. <laughs> how's the how, how's your summer going? Well, it's a wild summer, Todd. Of course, you know I'm the father <laughs> of the Have a Summer movement, where I I admonish people to go out and enjoy summertime. <laughs> but it's been tough this year. Uh, because they're quarantined and uh, the beach is being closed. This is a nightmare scenario. <laughs> how do you might, I feel like you're the one though who could teach people how to have a good summer under harsh conditions. 
Well, that's true. You know, if you mask up, you can still get out and about. You can still go to the beach. Uh, you just got to be careful about it. Head on a swivel. Uh, that's it. I would say just crank up the paranoia, but get out there and uh, swim <laughs> and get sun and do all that. So like a little healthy dose of paranoia. Yeah, I think you're going to need it this year because you never know what you're going to be wandering into on the beach. I mean, did you see what was going on down in Huntington, Todd? Uh what was that now? I don't know. Like, if you went on, on TikTok and you just put in Huntington Beach, it's just full-out racist racial confrontations in the street. Oh, yeah. I like, probably have seen those, yeah. Yeah, like, this, this isn't the beach. This isn't the beach vibes I'm talking about. <laughs> Is your goal to have a beach house someday, man? Do you even go to the beach? I do go to the beach. I, I would like to have a beach house, but I don't want to. I don't want to half-ass it. I got to make it big, then go to the beach. I don't want to be worried, you know, about paying my mortgage and then ruining the vibe of why I went there in the first place. So you don't want to be like, oh, 90% of my income goes to pay off this beach house. Right. I would say my ship <laughs> has got to come in before I'll live at the shore. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I love it. Let's talk about it. Let's, uh, you got your beach house, all right? Dun, 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 dun. What about, let me ask you, are you going to be a East Coast guy for life? I don't know, man. Like, I'm, I'm going to look at an apartment on Sunday to buy, but I'm, I'm a, I don't know if I'm getting bored in New York. Not bored, but it, at some, you know, I've been here 30 years. What happens when you come to L.A.? You just don't feel at home or you feel like? I do actually ex get excited going to L.A. Because yeah. especially if it's like cold here, and then I get off the plane, I'm like, "Ooh, this is nice." But I don't know that I. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know about the driving every. I mean, I haven't rented a car going to L.A. in probably ten or fifteen years. But yeah, well, I whenever. mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't go somewhere. I mean, well, you would for meetings and stuff, but you don't have to like. You know, you can just stay at home. I, I think I think L.A. is lonelier, don't you think? Definitely, because you yeah. can't just walk outside and all of a sudden be in the middle of, like, street life. Yeah, I mean, I've airbnb like, in Los Feliz and Silver Lake, and, you know, there's some coffee shops you can walk to, and it's nice, yeah. but... Okay, so you miss, you'd miss the hustle and bustle and all that. I'm a... Yeah, I'm, I am a... I'm a hedge fund manager. I have a Wall Street job. No, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, when you, are you a five-set-a-night guy like Ronnie Chang? How many, how many times are you going up there? <laughs> I love that he's your point of reference for a five-set-a-night guy. Uh, well, did, did you see his uh, special on Netflix? No, I like Ronnie. He's a friend of mine. Okay. It was but, just a funny – he made a funny comment about his wife's friends asking him, like, where are you going up? And he's like, I do five sets a night every single night. Like, you'll find me. Yeah, that, that is funny when you run into people like, when can I see a show? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I did 14 of them in the past 10 days. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I do, I'll do multiple sets. But I, even that, I've sort of, I feel like I've slowed down. I hate to say it out loud that I've slowed down. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but like five sets when I have done five, I may have done six one night. But wow. I think five is my, probably my record. But even that, you just, I just obsess over can I do all five without taking a uh, taxi? Right, right. Yeah. Because then it's, cause it's like, 
your income goes up 40% if you don't take one taxi. But Right. But oh, yeah, it's also it not too. fun. You think like, I'm going to get some work done, man. I'm going to, I got five sets to work, but you're so like locked in. And I don't, I get locked. I don't, I'm not like, I'm going to do five completely different sets. Right. Yeah. You're, you're working on one or two bits and then right. and by then the third set, you figured it out and you want to go eat a donut. And also by the third set, you're like, did I do that joke already? Uh, you get yeah. a little d- dizzy. Right. But then you walk home with like a million dollars, and that's great. That's amazing. But then those nerds blog about every set you did, and they, <laughs> they, they nail you for doing the same shit. <laughs> I haven't heard a lot of that lately, but I guess I haven't. Nah, people, you're right. Aziz people have shut relaxed it down. <laughs> he, he actually did. I'm not, he, like, it, you, in L.A., people used to blog about every set that happened at M-Bar on a special thing. Uh-huh. And he came through and was like, hey, why are you doing that? I'm working on bits. And I remember at the time thinking, wait, who's this guy saying that we shouldn't do that? It wasn't we. I wasn't, like, blogging. But um, he's right in retrospect. M-Bar was good. I, I think I did that at least once. Only once? You know, that was, that was the best. Maybe twice. That was my... F- that was my favorite era of that I've been out here for. That was my favorite era for L.A. stand-up. When that and the old Largo was going oh, at the same time. Old Largo, man. Mm. I mean, I like the new Largo, too. But the old yeah. Largo, I used to just be like, I'd be excited all day about going on there. I know. It was set up so well. And just the stage in the corner of the room, all eyes on the stage. It was great. Do you, uh, did, did you go up with notes? Or did you just go up? What, at uh, Old Largo? Yeah. I would have the little palm notes, you know, like the little set in my palm that hopefully nobody saw. But, yeah, I, 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 would, always, I would have a lot of notes. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I remember that, that music stand. It, just, it always yeah. cracked me up. Like, you're doing a six-minute set, and you need a fucking music stand for your <laughs> right. Fucking yeah. spend eight minutes re- working on your fucking garbage. You fuck. I'm not. Yeah. This is not directed at you. No, Although no, it sounds no, like it is. It sounds like it is directed. At you. No, no. But yeah, who's um, typing out their uh, brand new did. set and putting it on a music stand? <laughs> you never did the road very hard, did you? Or did you? No, I didn't. You know, because I started in Austin, yeah. and uh, I wasn't like. I was already in deep south enough just being in Austin. Yeah. I was like, where am I going to go from here? And uh, it was just different back. Th- I don't know. I, then we got, I got the MTV show Austin Stories, and then we just came out here and had managers and agents. So the road passed me by. It's never too late, man. It's never too late now that we got COVID. <laughs> now that there's no more shows, it's, not, it's a good time to book a tour. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, even two years ago, I had already taken it to the alley. I'd already left the club system. <laughs> no. Have, have the cops ever interrupted one of your shows or anyone ever complained? Um, it's. I want to say, first of all, it's amazing how much the cops don't care. I really thought that the cops, I mean, there's times where they park near the show and then don't even look up to notice that it's happening. Yeah, that'd be a that'd be a weird thing to get really upset over. Yeah. 
It's like, yeah, 30 nerds are standing around and one of them's talking to the other 29. Because there's no microphone either, so you yeah, can be semi-close. Yeah, you can be semi-close to it and kind of not really like register that there's a show going on. <laughs> can't wait to do it in Austin, man. What's that? I, I said I can't. For... I said I can't wait to do it in Austin. Oh yeah, it'll be fun. Are you? Are you? Uh, are you cooking a lot? Um, I'm cooking more, but. Uh, I don't eat a lot. Like uh, I mostly make smoothies and uh, just healthy stuff. I see. I I could see you being like. Are you vegetarian? Yeah. Vegan. Well, not strict vegan because I'll have like pizza. Yeah. So not vegan, but I I don't eat any meat. Do you eat uh... fish? Did I lose you? (laughs) No, I was gonna start. I was gonna start asking if you. Eat individual some meat and just to, like I didn't know what a vegetarian was. Never mind, it was a bad joke. <laughs> I was gonna get to eat pork, but you eat pork though, right? That would I do not eat pork. That would have been funny. Uh, as uh, hell. Yeah, sorry, sorry. If there, there's a there's a technical glitch, I get the joke. I'm just it's a bad joke. It's a bad joke, man. You and I have eaten. I've always I always seem to have an Asian exotic Asian meal with you, Todd Barry. Oh. Where have we eaten? In LA. Or wherever, like at a comedy festival or something. Yeah, I do. I do find Asian food. Yeah. We there's a vegan. Uh, there's a vegan Szechuan place in the East Village. We should go to if you're in town. I, okay, I'd like that. I'll do that. None of this. Like, is anything vegan? Like, it's all vegan, man. Yeah. And you like it? <laughs> uh, I do. I mean, sometimes they put eggplant in the stuff, and that's a bummer, right? And mushrooms. That's a bummer, right? Uh, I don't know. I th- in moderation, I like both of those. <laughs> hey, let me ask you some questions. Oh, no, no. I can't? Uh, if they're, yeah, go ahead. All right. So, you know, certain directors are influential, right? Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. You know, certain directors get copied. Scorsese, let's put it that way. Yeah. And then some directors don't really get copied, but they make great stuff. Todd Berry, you get copied. Yeah. I think you've been influential. I hear a lot of, uh, I hear your rhythms in this new generation. Let me put it that way. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Who do you think the most, I feel like the most influential, like style-wise comics are like, Brian Regan. I hear a lot of people doing Brian yeah. Regan. Like yes. The, there's certain definite Regan inflections that you hear a lot of comics do. Yes. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Like when a uh, when a middle-aged man is getting, like, frustrated. Like whenever, but whenever somebody – do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They go into that. <laughs> oh, jeez. God damn it. <laughs> I think I used to do – I think a lot of people used to do Dennis Milling. Well, apparently. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Rocket scientist. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but but I, I think like um, there's a there's a certain uh, – there's, there's an approach with your jokes. I don't know. There's just – I think a lot of people have seen it and appreciated it and then uh, aspired to it. Well, that's very flattering. Yeah. 
I'm 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 complimenting you, and uh, you got <laughs> a uh, crisp and uh, ident- I would say signature writing style, <laughs> and I think it's it's brought a lot of people into the fold. I'm sure you've heard from a lot of guys, even guys that are maybe established at this point, who said. I saw you on Letterman. That's why I started doing it. Or you were one of the first guys that made me want to write jokes. Yeah, I've had that happen. Um, not a lot, but it's happened. Yeah. You got great jokes too, Howard. I always bring up that kiss joke. That's one of my faves. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. It's a lot of fun to tell that one. You know, uh, on my show, Preemstream, we've examined okay. a lot of kiss. <laughs> We've examined oh, a lot of obscure Kiss, yeah. There's a there's like Kiss B sides or something. There's B sides, and then they they went into so many awkward, weird. Uh, you know, they went into like doing weird concept albums, and then yeah, they it, did that one. That what was it? The creature or the the, the elder? The elder. <laughs> the elder, I think. Yeah, and then they went into like a weird Bon Jovi Skid Row type of fate. Like they kind of copy because they did disco. But, uh, yeah. But used to do a joke about uh, no one. Oh, you want me to tell the joke? Yeah, why don't you tell the joke, yeah. Why am, why am okay, I doing so it? I say, uh, you know, a lot of these rappers. Oh, yeah, Biggie and Tupac, they got killed. <laughs> I go, I feel sorry for their fans. You know, a lot of little kids love rap music, and then their favorite rapper gets killed. I go, that never happened to me when I was a kid. My favorite band was Kiss. <laughs> Kiss never got killed. Uh, nobody ever came on the news and said, at 3 p.m. today, a group of rival Jews dressed as monsters pulled up <laughs> alongside Kiss's tour bus and opened fire. <laughs> there you go. We bit of. I liked it. Well, Howard, why don't we end one? I think ending with a joke's a good idea, right? It does feel a little bad, like you were saying earlier, like I just bombed telling a joke online. No, you didn't, though. Okay. But one guy laughing in a kitchen doesn't help the ego that much, even when it is <laughs> the great Todd Barry. <laughs> uh, so let's plug your podcast. What's your uh, social media? Dragon Boy Suede? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Howard Kremer on uh, Twitter, H-O-W-A-R-D-K-R-E-M-E-R. And uh, same on Instagram. And then you can find um, Grift Horse over on SoundCloud. And then you can find Who Charted on Stitcher. And then you can go over to haveasummer.com to, <laughs> to pick up an Austin Stories DVD or a Have a Summer t-shirt. Sounds good. Album, oh, shit, albums, go. Albums on iTunes and Bandcamp. Uh also, check out Preemstream over on Patreon and Hey Gang. That's you. Yes. Do it. <laughs> See you, man. Thanks for having me out. Bye bye. Bye. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the show. I enjoyed it. I'd like to thank Starburns Audio for putting this podcast out. You can go to starburns.audio and see what other podcasts they have in store for you. Uh, I'd like to thank Jason Smith, Christy Coffey, and Jessica Gutierrez, who engineers and 
mixes this thing. This thing. We'll see you soon. Bye. Star Bands Audio, a, podca <clears throat> a podcast network.